receive the morning offering. Brother Irwin, would you word our prayer this morning, brother? Amen. Thank you, Miss Martha. Appreciate that. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Nice to see you folks in here today. I think. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Anyway, um, thanks for coming back. I have uh, uh, had an opportunity to talk to a couple different people about some things that they have managed to get done in the uh, kind of in the assignments, and then when I was preparing for the lesson this morning, it occurred to me that last week I never really gave you the challenge that we were supposed to do this past week. We were excited about the stuff that got passed out at the uh, outreach there on Halloween night and all that stuff, and uh, um, I'm not sure what happened with any of that, but it sounded like there were a lot of uh, invitations and a lot of those little cards got passed out, so that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So I wanted to start off here this morning to just kind of get an update on uh, where we're at with our prayer list and praise reports and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of wrote out a little thing. Jo Joanne Ta Talon, how's, how's she doing with her sleeping habits? She's still not sleeping as she Still not sleeping as good as she She needs to get a job so she's tired when she goes to bed at night. Oh, is that right? Oh, praise God. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Let's all keep, let's all keep praying for her and, and see if she'll straighten around a little bit there for us. And, and uh, I should probably have you pray for her. I, I didn't get a very good night's sleep last night. I don't know what the problem was, but I didn't sleep very well. A lot of things on my mind, I guess. Anyway, um, Brenda, how things go with you at work on Tuesday? Were you able to work over there without any trouble or no? I managed. You managed to get through by God's grace. His grace is sufficient, right? Yeah. So how many days did you work this past week? Four. Oh, so was, did any four of them get better than any of the other four or not? I think it got worse, I thought. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, let's take her off the prayer list. It seems like it seems like the prayers are making her troubles worse. So we probably need to stop praying about it and everything. Just the swelling. Yeah. It'll come around. Yeah. God will God will bless. <coughs> Honey, how about Stephanie Lingle? What did you find out about her, if anything? Here's the update. She is healed really well, but her white blood cells are way too high. So she has to go to hematology and get a bunch of tests done to see if she has an infection somewhere else. Oh, okay. All right. So keep her in, in mind. That's my son Chris's girlfriend's mom. And it's a it's a long drawn out story, which I won't go into right now. Uh, we've been praying about Israel, and I had not kept up with too much of that here in the last few days, but I think that's just still a mess over there. I think there was, didn't uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, didn't he decide that maybe they'll have a little pause in the fighting or something here to get some stuff straightened out? Or what? Okay, all right. So there's something going there. Um, he seems to be pretty, he seems to be pretty resilient in what he's doing there. He wants to put an end to this and praise, praise God for that. That would, be, that would be good. Brother Steve, Steve Irwin, how are you doing there? Doctor appointments, we've been praying about that. Did you get any resolution to anything? Okay. Yeah. Listen, you know, when, when I pray for you and I and I'll, I don't even pray for your health necessarily anymore. I pray that you can just deal with the frustration of dealing with this stuff. That, that is, that, to me, it's far worse than the sickness. It, it really is. Man, this, I don't know, dealing with all the doctors and the appointments and back and forth, is just a, it's just a real drag. So, anyways, anybody else have anything they need to get prayed for or praise reports about stuff that was getting prayed for? Yes, Gary? Yeah, I'd say... Uh Yesterday when we went on visitation, I visited a, uh, a widow lady. I'll, I'll say her first, now i got another one. <laughs> it's actually just down the street from me. Uh, we went down my street there yesterday. Okay. But uh, uh, she finally comes to the door. She's just barely cracked the door, you know. And well, to find out, anyway, she's a widow woman. Her husband died like four years ago. And her husband and her son lives off in Fort Worth. And so he doesn't and check on her that often and she was asking that if we would uh, pray for her yeah and uh, i said absolutely you know and so and we actually exchanged phone she had a black cat in her arm when she comes to the department right. she's, yeah. she said let me go put this cat up yeah she went and put the cat up came back and then opened the door you know and, and yeah. we had a conversation and uh anyway it was real good and, uh, i'm sorry yeah yeah i said that No. Oh, okay. This is why your wife is reminding you to, yes. to tell us these salient points about the conversation. So he was a pastor, widowed four years ago? Yeah, we had a good conversation uh, anyway, and, and uh, it was funny because uh, Andrew was with me, and he, he, tried, he whispered something over to me, and of course I can't hear whispering. I didn't even have my hearing aids in, but I leaned down and he whispered my ear. And I said, I think Andrew has something to say. So he started telling the lady, he said, well, we have live stream at the church, you know, that you can watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. The boy's pretty smart. Yeah. All right. He's been with me a few times on visitation. I like going with him. And he'll, he'll even, like, 
you know, you want me to speak this time? Yeah. Maybe we should have him in here as a guest speaker one morning. Yeah. At the, see, you, you got just a little kid like that that's out here witnessing the people and yeah, telling people yeah. about Jesus. What, what else? Then we had another one. I, I walked up on the porch, and uh, this house is kind of odd. The front door is not at the front. It's over on the side. So anyway, I walked up on the porch, and then I walked around the side to the front door. There was people in the backyard that were barbecuing. Oh. Well, it smelled real good, so you know, I just walked on in. Say, yeah, hey, man, it smells great. When are we going to eat? <laughs> did you really say that? I did. Yeah, that's, it's great. I mean, that's what you, that's just how this works. Yeah, praise God. This is great. But the reception wasn't real. I wasn't well received. <laughs> oh, is that that bruise on your forehead? Yes. Okay, I, I got you. With the, the thing he was turning the meat with. <laughs> You know, I said, I didn't give him my name. I told him, I said, we're from the Bible Baptist Church, and we're out knocking doors, visiting with people, you know, and inviting people to our church. And uh, he said, well, my parents are Jehovah Witness. And uh, he said, I don't believe in religion. And uh, I said, well, I don't, I don't understand that. I said, what do you mean you don't believe in religion? He said, I believe in God. And uh, I said, well, that's good. I said, do you believe the Bible is, you know, the Word of God? And, he said, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to go down this road. He said, you know, you just come in here and announce and, you know, just start laying all this stuff. I, I love said, it, man. Even, this is great. Didn't even, uh, you know, introduce yourself. I said, well, I didn't give you my name, I, right, but I said we're from the Bible Baptist Church. Yeah, yeah. And then I told him my name. He told me his name. We shook hands. Okay. But uh, he, he's like, I'm not interested. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay. I said, I'm not going to bother you then. That's okay. Yeah, so two, I mean, two great stories there, just one right after the other about that. I had him first and then the the little next. Yeah, so you're a good public speaker. I mean, you're out here in front of this church. Tell me, how did you, after you left that, what did you think about that second encounter with that guy? What what kind of was your thought? I mean, when I... The first thing I thought, see, actually the pastor was with us too. Okay. But he didn't want to go three to a door. Yeah. So we yeah. traded off with Andrew every other house. Okay. First thing I thought was preacher should have got this guy. <laughs> yeah. He would maybe know better what to say to him. Right. I, I was I was kind of lost. I, I tried to like to say I tried to have a conversation. What exactly do you mean? You know, mm-hmm. you don't believe in religion, you know, and then I started asking about the Bible. Right. And then he just cut me off. You know? Yeah. He didn't want to talk. So, so the preacher didn't actually need to be the guy. You, you did that, Gary, exactly like you should. You planted the seed. You didn't get into a fist fight with it. You, you don't want to be confrontational with these folks, eh? Right, right. And so the reason why he doesn't believe in religion is because his parents or whoever is Jehovah's Witness. That'll drive you right out of religion. Right. If, if you start looking into what those folks stand for and how they handle things, it'll, it'll run you away. Listen, I'm not in favor of religion either, and neither, neither was Jesus. I wish I'd have thought about it, I'd have told him, you know, you know religion's actually a bad word. You know, it is. Bible, either once yeah. or twice, and each time it's, it's, a, it's in a negative sense. It's a, yeah, it's a major anyway, I didn't think of that, negative thing. Very cool. <laughs> well, there you go. That should be an encouragement to one one excellent visit with somebody and then uh, one guy that's not so happy about it. But at least you got a whiff of some good, what, what was the man cooking? Was it even anything that looked like it was 
or do you know? know? These things are called actually. I've, I've seen them down at actually at those chilies. They're they're thin pieces of meat. The only about this white is bone, bone, bone. Yeah. Tablitos. Okay. Tablitos. Okay. All right. I don't even know what that is, but. Uh, I was wondering if he had any, so, so he has better discretion at food than he does religion. Yes, I think okay, so. all right. I would say between 35 and 40, 35 to 38. Okay, all right. Well, we'll go back and see him again sometime or something and see how things go. Anybody else have any, any reports? St Steve? Oh, my goodness. He was in there all day. So he, he asked me to pray for her. Her name's Carol. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's sad. We'll have to get some more, little more info about that. All right. Well... That must be uh, that must be terrifying for somebody to have to go through that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll make sure Carol, right? Okay. Anybody else have anything they want to say, Miss Linda? That's your that's your daughter? Yes. yes. Laura Brown. You get that, Patty? Mm -hmm. All right. By the way, the, the widow lady that I talked to, her name is Deborah Bryan. <coughs> All right, anybody else have anything they'd like to mention? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe in there till the end of the week, huh? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I thought she was doing pretty. I thought she was doing pretty good, maybe, but I guess not. Yes, Joanne. Uh huh. Oh, Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, very cool. Yeah, we, we really like Antonio. He can, he can be a little bit of a handful sometimes, but he's always just pleasant and just seems like he's got a good spirit. Oh, did, did you? Yeah. All right. Well, very cool. Nice to, nice to hear that. So that's a good, that's a good praise report. Um, pastor was telling me there were about 20 people went out on the Better Bridgeport on Saturday morning or something. So that's, that's good. I'm glad to, glad to hear that. And what, was, that, was that you and Wally's first time going out there? Yeah. Well, did any of what you're hearing in Sunday school help you with going out there and talking to people and being bold about it and just not having a, you know... Yep. Some of them they spoke Spanish, so I had some old school Spanish tracks that I had years ago. Okay. Too, so. All right, good. Yep. That's what it's you, you don't have to you don't have to know what to say. You you just need to try saying something. And it will generate a it'll generate a conversation with people. It it might generate a bad conversation or it might generate a, a beautiful conversation where you can talk to somebody and tell them about the You, they know him from being a what? The meter reader. Oh, the meter reader. Okay. Yeah, okay. Right, I've got you. All right. Yeah, I did not know that about him. Anybody else have anything to pray about or suggest? I have another one. Okay. We had a man come up here to the church. It's actually, I think, the second time I met him. His name was Margarito. You can remember it by Margarita, but it's Margarito. Margarito. <laughs> Margarito Laura. He's actually the, the uh, Spanish pastor at this little church over on the west side. Oh, yeah, okay. Huh? They're, they're having trouble. They're struggling and actually needing some financial help. Okay. So he came here to talk to me, and I gave, I gave his number to the pastor. He said he, he and I actually talked about it a little bit, and he's going he's gonna to contact him and see if they are a what kind of affiliation they are, you know, if they're an independent Baptist church, yeah, and he wants to help them, right? And that'd be great. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they they may be Southern Baptist. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, well, we can get them out of the convention. <laughs> there you go. We'll just pry them out of the convention, and that'll be the end. Of that may that may be how it winds up. Hey, y'all go independent, you know, we'll help you. <laughs> you you. It's just amazing. It's just amazing to me how God puts stuff together. Listen, so here's what we were talking about on the way over here. Wally and I are planning on going and seeing this little Diana, her, her family. We had one of the little girls from the thing uh, the other night when we were dropping the kids off at the, uh, you know, after the patch program. She says, my parents aren't home. Can I just hang out with you guys? And boy, I'll tell you, that was a touchy, it's like, eh. I'm not sure, but we didn't know what to do with her. She didn't want to be dropped off at home. Her mom uh, just started a new job and was working very late. I think her dad kind of worked some weird hours anyway. So anyway, we, we said, yeah, you just stay in the van with us until we're done passing everybody. We've got about another half hour going here and what have you. And, 
And so anyway, at the end of our day, Patty and I usually go over to that little Arby's there at the Love Sing and have a sandwich and just sit and visit a little bit. So we took that little girl to Arby's with us and got her some, she'd never been to Arby's except she knew something about their curly fries somehow or another. And um, so she went in there and, and ate. And then finally, about halfway through the dinner, her mom finally texts and says, hey, I think dad is at home now. So we said, well, we need to get you. In the meantime, while we were sitting there visiting with her, we were able to lead her to Christ. She, it, yeah, and it was, it, was really, it was really cool. I mean, you could tell something happened there. And the next day, Patty checked in with her and, and said, hey, how, how's things going with you today? How did your day go? And she goes, I just can't stop thinking about what we did last night and talking about Jesus and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, that is really cool. So now we're going to go see this. So now we're going to go see this family and invite them to church. Pastor told me that one of the things about the bus ministry is we really want to try to reduce down the number of kids riding on the bus, but not because we don't like the kids, because we want their families to be bringing them here. Amen. We want the mom and the dad to bring them out here and everything. And then Patty says to me this morning, she says, so Jeff, we get these Spanish speaking people over to church. What are they gonna do? They, we don't have anybody that preaches in Spanish here. They ran into this problem up at Cleveland Baptist Church and they, uh, Pastor Duarte, they hired this guy and he started a whole Spanish ministry back in, you know, what was, it was the Thompson Chapel. It was one second. That place was full by the time we got done and, and Cleveland doesn't have anywhere near the Spanish population that we do down here. And so Pastor says, yeah, you know, I'm not, and then this, and then we've got a, a church that maybe we can get these people in or, who knows? You never know how God's going to work things out. Maybe that preacher will be working over here and preaching the Spanish message right from this pulpit Amen. or something if they're the like-minded. But my goodness gracious, look at the way God is just putting that together there. I mean, it's amazing how, how things come up like this and everything. So anyway, I'd say that that's luck. Boy, how lucky are we, right? That's what, that's what secular people, boy, this was a stroke of luck. It's not. It's, a, it's God's providence. It's his hand in things. Now we need to pray that that church is like-minded, or at least they can be persuaded to be like-minded and, and, uh, and get something going with that. That's really cool. I'm happy to hear about that. Yeah, so, all right. Okay, anything else? All right, let's just have a word of prayer here then, and we'll, we'll get on with the lesson here today. Father, we just come before you here this morning thanking you for the time that we can spend. We just uh, appreciate the praise reports that we've had here this morning, different things going on with the people that are on the prayer list. Father, we just be careful to give you the thanks and the praise for the positive outcomes of those things. And we got some people here on the prayer list that are, that are new, uh, this, this Carol, and, and uh, just be with her and her healing, this uh, problem with Linda's daughter here and stuff about this new job and just different things that might be overwhelming to her here. Just give her peace and wisdom and um, ability to contemplate what's going on there and to deal with it. And, and this um, Margarita Laura, we just appreciate the fact that that's uh, working out the way that it is, Lord. We just ask that you would bless the the church here, both of them, as far as the uh, the condition here is concerned, and and Lord, we just um, we just ask that you be with the teaching and all the classes here this morning. That we would have softened hearts and minds for what we're about to study, um, and, and like I say, in all three of the classes here, be with the preacher today as he brings us a message again out of Ecclesiastes. We love you, praise you, and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. So that's all. That's all good stuff. How about the um, 
So it would sound like we had plenty of stuff that happened with passing out tracks and all that stuff. Did anybody else get to pass out anything, talk to anybody, visit with anybody or anything like that before we get, uh, before we get started? All right. If not, I'll encourage you to do that again. And, and uh, you know, maybe this, maybe this week, if you haven't passed out one track, try to, try to get one out. Listen, I got approval from Pastor to put those little, those little love story tracks out in the thing. So if you just grab a little handful of those things, just, just hand them out. And so I'll tell you, I'll tell you my little thing. This was, this was pretty cool. So last Sunday, I told you about a total fell flat on my face, witnessing to my mother-in-law and my, and my sister-in-law, right? Yeah, Satan just shut that whole thing down. And it was me. I mean, I, I just blew it. That's all there is to it. But um, yesterday, uh, Frank and I went down to, uh, actually on Friday night, we went down to a, uh, a men's conference down at my uh, son-in-law and daughter, Allison and Drake, you guys know them from in here. We went to a thing down there where they had this, uh, they had this man down there preaching named John, John Rudd. He's not a preacher. He's actually a current uh, EOD, Explosive Ordnance Disposal guy, in the, in the Marine Corps. That's, he's active duty doing that. But he has developed a way with these guys that go out and do that kind of work. You don't want people that are defusing bombs having distractions on their mind. And him and a buddy of him that have been put in charge of the leadership aspect of this thing have developed a thing through the Bible, Scripture, and, and they're like-minded. I mean, they're just like us when it comes to preaching Jesus. To get these guys on, in the right frame of mind about how they want to prioritize their lives so that they can go in there with steady hands and do this work that they, they do. And uh, I'll tell you what, Frank said... Oh, I, 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 was, I was wondering about what it would be like to go on something like that. I, I like Frank. I don't know that I have a whole lot in common with him. But you get him away from a group and just go hang out with that guy, it's great. <laughs> it really is. It's great fun. And, and so both, we, we did it on Friday night and then all day on Saturday. And, um, and I said, so Frank, how are you liking it? He goes, oh, I love this. I mean, he's a military guy and he's all into all that stuff. So he was... He was, you know, rubbing shoulders with this guy that, and talking all the military lingo. It was beautiful. On Friday night, we got done very, pretty, pretty late, and we were all dispersing. And I told Frank, I says, man, it would be great to just spend some time one-on-one -on -one with that guy and, and visit with him, you know. Well, sure enough, we bump into him in the parking lot there, and we're just the three of us standing out there visiting for about a half hour talking with this man. He showed us some scars on his face where he got blown up one time while he was doing his work and everything. But uh, anyway, he laid out this whole, this whole thing about, you know, here's what we do in the Marine Corps and here's the gospel message. And then he's speaking to this entire room full of just men. You know, it's a men's conference there. First one they've ever done down there at, at this church. And uh, he laid out, you know, men, you need to prioritize your lives around this model that we've come up with because it works and it's, and it's beautiful and it, it has a whole different way of looking at things. You know, men, we kind of put our work up here and this is how we develop our identity and, you know, maybe, maybe your family comes in there and your kids and sometimes way down at the bottom of the list is our faith and how we do 
basically in, inverting that entire thing there. You get your faith lined up, you get your, you get your life with God and your, your spiritual side of the thing worked out. And really, by the time you do this and you go through, your job ends up kind of at the bottom of the list. You're really not going to do a whole lot with that. But that, that, all this other stuff allows you to focus on that job like it should be when it comes time. When you're deciding to cut the red wire or the blue wire to make the bomb go off, now, <laughs> you know, you better have all the rest of your life. And you can't be doing that kind of work if you are in the middle of a divorce. And you can't do that kind of work if you're committing adultery. You can't do these sort of things if you are distracted by things that you really, need in your life, you need to have straightened around. In my business, they have programs for that kind of stuff. I, you, know, you know, people, People tend to look at airline pilots like, like we're some kind of, oh, these guys are the brilliant people. Listen, we're not. We're idiots, just like everybody else, and we're human beings. And I'm the chief of that, the idiot side of this thing. But anyway, you go through and you, and you do this, and guys, they recognize that pilots have difficulties in their lives, and, and they have programs for that. They, they pay them, they take them out of the thing, they send them to a thing. Man, you need to get your life straightened around because we don't want you distracted by these personal things when you're out there piloting an airplane with 300 people on it, you know? So, so anyway, uh, this thing was just, it was, it was absolutely beautiful. So anyhow, I tell you all about that to encourage you men, men and women, I guess they do these things for women too, but man, if you, you know, we have a great church here, but there are other great churches and good churches that put on these seminars. Like we go up there to that men's advance up at Stillwater, I'll tell you what, that thing changes your life when you go up there. You th I think about stuff from those things all the time. I mean, there's, I've got the little, remember they give you out, like last year it was a little boxing glove. Yeah. I have that thing setting on my dresser there, and it reminds me every morning. You know, yeah, Jeff, think about what they said there. This life, the, the, the way, that the, the theme of that was prior, com prior commitment versus current emotion. And boy, I'll tell you, I struggle with that. When I have my alarm clock set for 6 o'clock to get up to read my Bible, and it's, you know, I'm going to snooze once, twice, and then here, here's what I do. I forget about the snoozing. I just go in there and reset the alarm for an hour later and then, and then get up when the thing goes off the second time, right? So anyway, there's all that stuff. It's just good. There, there's things like that that you can get involved with with these churches and and have people in your lives and go and go and, uh, and uh, see it and hear other people speak and what have you. It's just all good stuff. So anyway, I'm on my way home. And my truck needs gas in it and everything. So I'm over at Brookshire's getting gas. And there was an older lady right next to me there. She's on the other side of the pump. And so I handed her one of those, one of those tracks, right? I says, here, let me give you this thing. And she goes, oh, thank you. And I said, yeah, that'll tell you all about Jesus, how much he loves you. Just that simple. And I could tell that lady got a smile on her face and she just had this glow. And I said, you already know about Jesus, don't you? And she goes, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. And I said, well, then give that thing to somebody that you know does not know about Jesus. And she says, yes, sir, I'll, I'll be happy to do that. I've got some people in mind. And I said, great, I'm glad to, glad to hear that. So I'm pumping my gas there. Next thing I know, she sticks her head around the corner of the gas pump there. And she says, hey, what church do you go to? Anyway, told him about the church, right? And she says, sounds like that's a good church. My daughter and son-in-law, who are right up here in Bridgeport, are looking for a church to go to. 
So I managed to give them a thing with our, you know, pastor's phone number and the little cards we have out there and all that kind of stuff. So we may see some, another church membership here because of just, just a little tiny 10 second conversation with some lady at a gas pump. Man, I encourage you guys to, to just go out there and do it. There's nothing difficult about this. It's, now down the road, there's gonna be some stuff that, that's difficult about it because I'm gonna, I wanna take some of you folks and go out one-on-one. -on -one. Let's go. Let's go knock on the door and let's see how this goes. Hopefully we won't meet with the guy cooking the hamburgers in the backyard right off the bat. It, it, it's, it's nice if you can get some people that are, that are very receptive to it right from the start. But around here, I think, I think that guy's kind of, a, he's kind of a little bit different case maybe. A lot of times you run into people that are receptive to it down here in Texas. So anyway, we'll, uh, how are we doing here? We, we haven't even started yet and it's already 1036. Ain't that great? So <laughs> I originally told you this was about a, a 12 to 15 week le lesson plan and everything. I think it's probably going to be the 15 week lesson plan and then we may even run over on that just a little bit. So, so anyway, <laughs> all right. I want to remind you from last week here, we all do have a God ordained responsibility to be witnesses for Christ. And so that's kind of where we ended up last week. And, and, um, and so I want to, I want to tell you a little bit of a, uh, story here about the guy who wrote this book and how he got started off on his witnessing and as a very young pastor, okay? And these kind of misery loves company. Everybody has heard that saying before, right? Uh, has everybody heard that saying? Misery loves company. Man, if you're in a bad way, you like to be able to, you like to tell people about, oh, I'm sorry. And then the other person, yeah, yeah, me too. And then you all feel like you got some you know, camaraderie there or something. But uh, anyway, ju just like misery loves company, success loves success. You like to, you'd like to be able to be around successful people. If you're wanting to tout that, if you're telling somebody about something, it's very nice to have somebody that's got the same kind of same story. So listen to this story, and I'm just gonna paraphrase this thing. I'm not gonna read it to you out of the book, even though there is a story that I am gonna read to you out of the book down the road here a little bit. Um, this author of this book here, this Tom Rainer, he took over a church that was founded in the 1700s. So this church that he was, this was the first time that he'd ever become a pastor, just out of learning how to do it and everything, and he finally gets his first job as a pastor. Found it. Had, the church had dwindled down to seven members in attendance. Had been up real high, but seven members in attendance, and prob probably, as you can imagine, something like that. It's probably older folks. I don't think there were probably a lot of kids running around there and everything. He says he was pretty certain that the only reason why he got called to be the pastor was because he was the only candidate for the, <laughs> for the job, right? Now, I know when we, when we had our, uh, when we hired Pastor Pugh here, um, I'm not certain if he was the only candidate we had lined up. I kind of remember some conversations about that, but all I know is when he got here, it was impressive enough, and, and you could just tell that something was going on there that we, we didn't have to have a bunch of candidates. But in this, in this guy's case, he was the only guy there for the job. Um, he, he says as they, as they first got started up, you know, there was, a, uh, there was a little bit of renewed enthusiasm for the place, and then around town, there was some talk about how, oh, that old church down there, there's a new preacher, and, you know, so there was some, some enthusiasm about getting the thing uh, going, 
and, and what have you. And in the first few months, they actually seen some people saved there and some people baptized and stuff. And he talks about how, you know, that hadn't happened in that church in 25 years was, was what they were seeing. I was telling a, a couple in here just the other day, as a matter of fact, um, and I, I don't, I don't, I think his name is John and her name might be Stephanie is what I'm thinking. She's a kind of a Spanish lady, been coming a few times and she's, she appears to be pretty pregnant. Do you guys know? Who is it? Newman. Newman. Is that, their, is that their name? Okay. So what I was telling them, because they asked me a question about the church and, and what have you, and, and about joining the church. And I said, here, let me just tell you, join the church. You don't, just take my word for it. Join the church. You'll, you'll be all good. And then I, I laid out to them. I said, you know, when we decided to join a church up in Cleveland, Ohio, we left from one church that we were in that was having some difficulties, and we went over to the Cleveland Baptist Church, which was where we were at for years before we came down here. The preacher of that church at the time, he told us, you know, Jeff, you need to have your family in a church that sees people saved on a regular basis, sees people getting baptized on a regular basis, sees the enthusiasm around the church, sees new church membership on a regular basis and all that stuff. And I'm telling them all this. And I said, this is happening at this church right now. And particularly if you're a person who's enthusiastic about getting involved in things, then there's all kinds of ministry opportunities here and, and what have you. So I kind of asked him at the end of that thing, I says, what would keep you from just joining the church? This, I, it, this was on Wednesday night, I guess I seen them, right? And I said, just go in there and join right now. <laughs> you know. In the meantime, we're standing out there and the service is kind of getting, getting going. And I said, well, now you're missing out on some stuff in there, so you need to, you need to get into church. So I'm hopeful that they'll, they'll come along. But in this particular case here with this author's church, they hadn't seen any of that stuff happen in 25 years. Now imagine what that would be like to be in this church for all of us if day in and day out we hear the, the gospel preached, but there's not any fruit from the, from the preaching and what have you. So anyway, he goes on to say the honeymoon stage ended, membership decline was noticeable and trouble, you know, troubling and what have you. There was another period of drought that came over this thing here. And so um, Pastor, Pastor Tom says to his wife, because he knew that he wasn't doing things particularly good. This was kind of, kind of entertaining. He says, Pastor, Pastor Tom told his wife one time about a book he wanted to write titled, The Mistakes I've Made as a Pastor. And she was very uh, quick to respond to him saying, yeah, it would have to be a multi-volume series if you, if you wrote that book, right? Um, here, was, here was what happened with this thing. He's seen some decline and what have you. And he says he used the pulpit then to preach to the remaining congregation about what a lousy job they were doing at getting the gospel out, getting, getting the message out, growing the church and all this kind of stuff. He refers to it in his book as he, he was using this as a bully pulpit, right? You, you can get behind this, and I'm not, a, I'm not a preacher, not a pastor of a church or anything, but I could imagine, because I have done it in some other positions that I've been in of authority, um, I can imagine you could get up here and you could lambaste some people if you wanted to take your frustrations out on them. And he realized that, man, this was, th this was not the right thing to do. It was a major reason why he wanted to write that book, the, the re things I've done bad as a, as a pastor. And here's what the Holy Spirit convicted him of. First of all, the Holy Spirit came along and convicted him of the fact that you should have never taken the time set aside for preaching the gospel 
to badger the congregants. You just don't do that. And then the other thing he, he reminded, and this was the most salient point of it, because this is why he wrote this book, kind of, you know, one of the things about that, was he realized he wasn't doing the work either. He wasn't out there evangelizing and telling people and inviting people to the church and all that kind of stuff. Now, that has a level of uh, being a hypocrite to it that nobody wants to, nobody wants to, uh, to stand behind, even though when we're dealing with people in our sins and frustrations and inviting people to church and all that kind of stuff, we all could go back and kind of reminisce probably about some hypocritical things that we have done and, 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 and what have you. We're all sinners saved by grace. And really, this was one of these things that this John Rudd, this bomb expert guy I was talking about over this weekend, is our failures and how we look at ourselves is actually beneficial if you have it in the right frame of mind when you're witnessing to people and inviting them out to church. The reason why I bring that up then at this point in the thing is we all got invited to church at some point in time, right? So you have a certain level of that testimony and what you've experienced that can help you with the witnessing. If you're having difficulty inviting somebody to church, tell them the story about the difficulties you had uh, getting into church, and maybe that might make a difference in how the, how the conversation goes. Well, I'll tell you what, it took us a long, long time to finally get dragged into an into a, a, a independent Baptist church that was just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a long, long train of things that happened there uh, before Patty and I ever got into to church there. Okay, so anyway, here's what I want to tell you. It's not just a pastor's job or that of a paid employee of the church. We don't hire the work out. It is every believer's responsibility to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Now that's right there, that's right there on the um, on the uh, in the book. That's part of the book here and everything. So um, it should be easy for us to share the message. That's one of the places there on your on your sheet there that you write in the word easy. It should be easy for us to share the message. If we're truly excited about something will tell others about it. So I'd pose that question to you. We all, have our, we all have our things that get us excited. You know, we were, how long ago did the Rangers win that ball game? Now, two, week, two weekends ago, was, is that right? Nobody knows. Didn't they win the World Series yes. or something? Yeah. So I, that was one of my examples here uh, about it. So you can see how far behind the thing I am. Now, I don't, I don't pay that much attention to, to baseball, but I can imagine that if you're a Rangers fan, you would probably like to go tell people about that and everything. So that was an example I had in here. You know what, if you're excited about something and you want to tell people about uh, different things going on in your life, whether it's a, a uh, you know, your daughter just got engaged to get married, you've got a new grandkid coming into the family, you've got all these different things going on in your life, you've managed to finally save up enough money to buy a new car, you tell people about that stuff, right? And so it's the same thing with us. We ought to, we ought to uh, get excited about telling people about the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. So why do we remain silent about the greatest thing that's ever happened to us? That's a question for you there. Here's a comment about that. If we stay silent, Satan wins. He wins the whole match here. He loves it when we stay silent. He doesn't want us talking about any of this stuff. 
So anyway, let me just um, very quickly, I was going to paraphrase this story, but I don't have time to do that, so I am going to just read you this story here real quick. This is a... Um, This is a story about a Baptist church business meeting, which I think we're going to have one of those tonight, right? We have the Baptist church business meeting tonight. There's been, over the years, lots of jokes about the Baptist church business meeting. But this right here is a, is a thing that he puts in here as an example, and I'm just going to put this out there for something for you guys to, to think about. He says right here, the following story may be fictitious, but I like it nonetheless. And it wouldn't surprise me if this had actually happened in some church at some point. He says, here's the setting. The setting is a business meeting in a church with a congregational polity. You know the type. Members vote on all kinds of trivial matters, but never talk about anything that really matters. In this particular church, the moderator of the meeting was a stickler for Robert's Rules of Order. Well, there, that's a... That's an interesting book. It's about this thick. Patty and I have got some experience with that. We even know the parliamentarian, the parliamentarian that knows this stuff frontwards, backwards, inside and out. It's amazing how this all works. Anyway, no member ever challenged him because he had the most recent edition of Roberts memorized. The meeting had been contentious from the start with a bitter debate over what color they should paint the fellowship hall. When it came time for new business, now listen to this. When it came time for new business, an elderly gentleman asked to speak. He wanted to tell the congregation how he had shared the gospel with a teenager and how that teenager had accepted Christ almost immediately. The church members were stunned into silence. Nothing like this had ever happened in one of their business meetings. Even the usually composed moderator was a little bit flustered. He says, we're grateful to hear this story, he finally said, with a feigned sincerity. But we're at new business on the agenda, so I will have to rule you out of order. Here's what the elderly gentleman said. The elderly gentleman stood and addressed the moderator and the other members of the, of the, at the meeting there. Sir, he said softly but firmly, if sharing the gospel is not the business of the church, then I suggest it's time for this church to go out of business. Think about that, folks. Now, I heard the, the second bell just rang, right? So we have, to, we have to finish up. Think about that. If we're not out here spreading the gospel, telling people about Jesus and what have you, we, we, don't, have a, we don't have a purpose here. We have this great commission. That's what we're supposed to be, that's what we're supposed to be doing. So anyway, I'm going to stop there and pray because there's people looking in at the window back there. That's, that's kind of that's creepy, people looking in like, what's he doing now? <laughs> Anyway, Father, thank you for the time that we were able to look into your word today. We love you, praise you, and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, folks.